Welcome. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I host a weekly radio show that gets turned into this podcast, the one you're listening to right now. If you're an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7 a.m. on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams on WPRK.org, or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, the show is about people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat. The first time Cat Ridgeway was on the show, we talked about the songwriting process and played some songs, hers and one she picked out. This time we play some songs, including from her upcoming EP, but also get to know her a little bit better. It's kind of a prequel episode with music from the future. For more on Cat and all of the other guests, please visit toacertaindegree.com. And now, on with the show. Lord on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Derig. Morning, my name is Nick. That was from the album Melodrama from 2017. And the song was uh, uh, <laughs> The Louvre. <laughs> I'm French Canadian, and I should know how to say that. <laughs> True. Good morning. My name is Nick. I do this every week and every week I have a very special guest. In this case, a returning guest who's going to get right up on that microphone. Hello. Kat Ridgeway is here. Good morning, Kat. Good morning. How you doing? I am so good. I'm so happy to have you back. Oh, man. Now, you were here a year ago. Mm -hmm. Let me explain what's happening to people because this is actually an out of order interview. (laughs) Because what happened last year is I decided to do interviews one week and then sort of a a themed episode the other week called odd numbers right and the idea was we would uh, each come with something and and uh, and sort of have some examples of that and the the uh, idea was in the last episode was writing Mm -hmm. was the creative writing process for you with songwriting yeah it was a really wonderful episode but what i realized afterwards is i didn't really get to know you at all (laughs) we were just talking about writing which i did get to know you through the writing process a little bit but So we're going back a step and we're going to do the original to a certain degree patented copyright (laughs) trademarked interview with you and get to know you a little bit better. Sweet. Is that okay? I am looking forward to it. But you did pick out all of the music today. I did. Including some of your own, which Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about. Some new stuff we'll hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's fantastic because, of course, you are a wonderful musician, a singer songwriter. You can see Cat uh, all the time around the Orlando area, but you also tour and do other stuff and some pretty big festivals. Yeah, this and year so, has been awesome. Yeah, so we'll get to all that. <laughs> right. Calm down. I, I'm sorry. I okay. had coffee. and She's had four coffees already. The cups are piled up around her. <laughs> and every time, so you might hear this on the air, if you hear the sound of a coffee cup being crushed, and these are mugs. She's got coffee mugs. But she's so strong from playing guitar for so long and trumpet mm-hmm. and several other instruments. And we'll get to that, too, uh, that she just crushes them after she's done. Yeah. That's to denote that she enjoyed the coffee, but also that she has completed the coffee. That's correct. <laughs> that is that, correct. Such, such is the Ridgeway custom. Yeah. Actually, my whole family's been doing that for generations. Yeah. Um, I got to carry on the tradition. That's perfect. Yeah. 
Well, Kat, I want to get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> so we're going to play 20 questions. Ooh, so I'm, I'm gonna, excited. I'm going to say something, and you're, instead of saying yes or no or up or down, like basically I want to know if you're for or against it, we're going to play a game called Tom Petty or The Heartbreakers. Oh, no. So Tom Petty if you're for something. Okay. And the Heartbreakers, if you're like, eh, not so much. Now, okay. not the Heartbreakers, the band. The Heartbreakers, the band is, of course, wonderful. Right. Just Heartbreakers in general. Right. People who go around, however you break a heart. I'm not really familiar with anatomy or how it works. <laughs> I assume it's some sort of hammer or, yeah. you know, something else to break a heart. Yeah. But having your heart broken mm -hmm. is not a good thing, unless maybe you're a singer-songwriter, in which case you can it's make a song lucrative. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> It turns out that many, many songs mm -hmm. are about love and love lost. Right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to lie. Not going to front. Okay. So Tom Petty, if you're for something. Okay. The Heartbreakers, if you're like, meh. Thanksgiving. Oh, Tom Petty. Yeah? Yeah. Is it one of your favorites? It is, actually. Yeah. I, I really love being able to hang out with everybody in my family all in one room. Um, that doesn't happen a whole ton anymore, which right. is kind of weird. It's something weird about getting older. So it's gotten progressively nicer as I've gotten older, I think. So when you're little, you feel like more people come and want to see you. And now that you're older and grosser, they're <laughs> yeah. like, Ugh, right. no, thank you. Like cat smells, but I guess we'll put up with it for one one, one day. day a year versus like several more. Yeah, I know. I get that. It's taxing, but it's worth it, yeah. I think. Until I had kids, I really, <laughs> yeah, it goes in that sort of cycle where you're in this valley of never getting invited to your family's house. Yeah. And then you have kids and then you're like, oh, I'm super popular again. Yeah. Because I have kids. Yeah. <laughs> you're the that entourage. Was, that was my experience anyway. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's true of everyone. Uh, Self-driving cars. Tom Petty or the Heartbreakers? Ooh. I'm going to say Heartbreaker. Yeah? I, I, that kind of freaks me out. I don't know if I trust technology enough for that. So it's a control issue a little bit? Uh, yeah, I have to be in control of everything. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, I don't know. I just feel like there, there's so much room for malfunction, but I guess there's room for malfunction from humans too because we get in car accidents all the time. Right. So I don't know. Is there, Can you override it? I think so. Yeah. So if you're sitting in, you would be still be sitting in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like you can jump in the back seat and take a nap, which would actually be pretty awesome. That would be pretty sweet. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, in your case, you wouldn't have any room in the back anyway with all your equipment. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but yeah, the idea is you're still up in the front seat and could potentially take over if something was getting a little squirrely. Okay. Well, if that's the case... I don't know. Can I can I just like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers it where sure. it's like you're half I would and need, half. Yeah, I would need to try it. You're learning to fly. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That'll be the halfway in between <laughs> point. Great. I'm so glad I pulled that because <laughs> I should have just written down all the Tom Petty songs. Oh my that gosh. I actually know. Uh, Instagram. So as a musician, you right. need to be on social media. So it's not just about creating your music. Yes. Um, as, as wonderful as you are and as wonderful as a lot of musicians are, you still have to create your, uh, find your tribe, get a following together, right. do all those things. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about Instagram hiding likes? Have you heard about this? Yes, I have. Um, honestly, I haven't really thought about it that much, but 
Um, I'm, I'm going to combo Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers one more time just because for different reasons. So as, um, as a professional, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Heartbreaker just because I think that takes your leverage away from potential um, partnerships. So like when brands and other oh, uh, like record labels and stuff are looking at you and trying to decide if they think you have cultivated your following enough for them to be interested if they take all the social proof away you don't really have as much of an argument i mean if you can still see the analytics on your end and maybe and be able to like send that to somebody In sure theory, you will be able to do that. okay well yeah. okay if that's the case then like also tom petty because i do think being I was in that weird little cusp of, of kids. We grew up without the internet, but then as teenagers, we all got it. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've experienced life before and after this crazy cultural shift with all the social media and stuff. I actually hate social media. Sure. I despise it. I think people are like really obsessed with it. I don't like how much of a role it plays in the way people interact with each other. I feel like people literally go out to do things just for the sake of posting about doing the thing. Um, but I also just, I don't know. Well, it's also it's a necessary, so time, yeah. it's, it's a necessary evil for the type of work that you're in. Oh, absolutely. And so it like, takes yeah. up a lot of time and you always have to be figuring out, okay, should I be taking a picture right now? Could yeah. I be taking a picture? Yeah. Did I miss an opportunity to take a picture? And then I would have had content. Right. And actually I run out of content. Like sometimes I'm like, oh man, what am I, what am I going to post today? Yeah. I um, noticed a lot of feet pictures Yeah. on your feed. You're just like, eh. Yo, you're not the first person to tell me that. I don't know. Like, I just... Oh, really? I, I was completely joking. Oh, you were joking? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, Do I've you have actually, a lot of feet pictures? I, well, I mean, like, <laughs> this sounds so weird. No, it might it's open like, up a whole new audience for I you. I know, right? <laughs> when you put it that way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, the, the album cover for Passenger Seat has my bare feet up on the dashboard. Okay. And then, like... The song Aspen says, dirt hit my feet, or happily skin my knees, dirt hit my feet. And in another interview I did a while back, somebody else was like, yeah, you talk about your feet a lot. Or like, there's pictures of your feet, uh, like, in a lot of places. So that's just two examples. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's a whole thing. Well, also, like, I've posted stuff about guitar pedals, which, like, naturally are on the ground. So my feet are in those pictures. Really? I don't know that much about the guitar. Now it has strings. Yes. That's my understanding. Um, Sometimes. Most of the time. Wait, what? (laughs) It's a special guitar. It doesn't have any strings. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Guitar Hero console, actually. Oh, I like that. I like that. All right. Let's move on to something else. How do you feel about the beach? Oh, my gosh. Tom Petty. Petty. Or the Heartbreakers. Do you go a lot? Oh, yeah. I'm a surfer. I like if you... I have considered moving to Nashville or other places around the country to Mm -hmm. try to, you know, get deeper into the music thing, but I just can't leave the coast. I cannot do it. I mean, it's not like I'm on the actual beach right now, but I'm close enough. If I wake up and the weather's nice, I can just be like, yeah, I think I'm going to go hit the waves today. And I do. And it's awesome. So taking that away from me, I think I'd be really sad. So that is a, and you had originally asked to do this show from the beach and we couldn't make that happen. Right. So I Too much sand in the mics. About you know? that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, among other places. <laughs> but is that your sort of, is that a meditative experience for you? Does that help with the creative process? Does that help with, you know, just clearing your head and doing all those other things? I think so. There's just, uh, I'm, I'm a huge like nature junkie. I love going 
camping and Mm -hmm. hiking and pretty much just being outside in general. But there's really something special about water. I have one little baby tattoo and it's just a wave. Um, And I find when I'm waiting for a wave, there is something really meditative and connecting that happens. Um, It's cool. And you learn in a really, I, I found the last few times I've gone surfing, it really teaches you patience, like on a very deep level, because you can get really excited and see a wave that you think you're going to catch. And then it just kind of flatlines like right in front of you. And then you're like, oh, dang, I have to wait for it. But then it's like you may have paddled out and now you have to fight through a couple more waves to get back to where you were waiting. Um, And so, yeah, there's I don't know. I think there's just like some lessons we can take from nature, but we don't like spend as much time out there nowadays. At least I don't. I'd like to do it more. Sure. Yeah. And the other things you learned from surfing. So patience. Yeah. Balance. Mm-hmm. Um, wax. Yeah. You learn about wax. Lots of wax. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's good. So a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. good <laughs> lessons yeah. there. Oh, boy. Uh, how about uh, cursive? The cursive. writing style, not the band. Oh, man. I didn't know which way we were going. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you write, so when you're writing songs, are you typing? Are you handwriting? Do you have like 8,000 journals? Because yeah. you've been writing songs <laughs> for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I have drawers. Um, I have like a little studio space upstairs in my house, and I have a whole three or four drawers and cubbies that are just full of halfway written in journals and stuff yeah. but but they're like from different eras so mm-hmm. i don't want to like keep writing in some of them you know what i mean because it's like oh that's the stuff i was writing like ninth grade high school at this point yeah, yeah. so, so it's like let me like archive of, it like yeah. that you know but um cursive yeah so eventually for the cat ridgeway library mm-hmm. we're gonna have all these so that we can study them and try to figure out <laughs> who you are i was and, in emo little kid when I was in middle school. You don't want to read that stuff. Okay. <laughs> good, I good. feel like most most musicians start off in that space though. It's really easy to write about emotions that are really clear when mm. you first start. So it's like, okay, you're pissed off or okay, you're really happy. You're in love, right? Those are the things that are so easy or easier rather to encapsulate in words. Right. So it's like that. Yeah. Um, but as as I've gotten more into the songwriting process, I actually think like those like weird little transient moments and the poignant stuff that you can't quite put your finger on, that's the money. That's fun. That's when you capture that, it's cool. There's something special. So almost when it's a turn of phrase mm-hmm. or something like that that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. Is exactly. that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, or just like, you know, when you have an emotion where you're just like, I don't even know how I feel, but I feel a little something, something like it's like mm-hmm. nostalgic or kind of sad but not really like that kind of stuff because it's stuff that everybody experiences and you you know what i'm talking about yeah but it's really hard to explain that concisely right yeah um what's interesting too is to me is that you don't just have to write the words to get across the emotion you actually are writing the music as well Mm -hmm. uh so and we'll get into that a little bit more but yeah so uh going back to cursive yeah cursive yeah tom petty (laughs) Tom or Petty. The heart, heartbreakers. Yes. Um I I'm, I'm going to say Tom Petty. Like I my my handwriting is kind of this weird smashing of together of print cursive and, and cursive. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, yeah, I like it. I I never hated 
cursive when I was younger and had to write in cursive. It's weird though, isn't that? Didn't they take it out of schools? They it goes back and forth. Yeah. So why? some like, schools have brought it back. Some schools because you're uh, effectively not using it. Yeah. That much, you know, the handwriting mm-hmm. for the most part, people are not handwriting as much. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of kids though that would benefit from just fine tuning their motor skills though, just on a completely Absolutely. physical basis. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I mean, I, I always thought cursive was pretty. It's, it, it looks really different when you're a kid. It looks mm-hmm. almost like a different language. So, I don't know from a historical standpoint if you want to read letters like from your grandparents or something. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe like kids should could should still wow, this got like almost political. Like how do we feel about cursive in schools? Well, it depends <laughs> how racy your grandparents got. Right. Yeah, you may not mm-hmm. want to read those. You may want to keep those <laughs> encoded and away from you. That just made me think of that song. What's the song? Um gosh. Alive with the with the something of love, and it's like about this kid, like this the dude wrote the song about his grandparents falling in love and wanting to bang in the Holocaust. Like it is the most ridiculous song. Oh, good lord! I know, right? Yeah, but it's like it was racy. They were racy, but they he didn't he didn't shy away from it. Racy, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Cursive, Ooh, not the band, <laughs> the writing. Correct. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. Space cookies, Tom Petty or the Heartbreakers. Uh, They just launched a small oven. They've never had an oven on the International Space Station before and cookie dough. So this will be the first time they're trying to bake anything in space. I did not think when you said space cookies, we were talking about actual cookies in space. Like, yes. <laughs> did you immediately go to drugs? I did. Yeah. And I was still going to say Tom Petty. Um <laughs> Oh man, no! Oh my God! Okay, two of my favorite things: space and cookies. Like space and cook. Oh, those are two of your favorite things. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna need to know that for later. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so we're gonna do a pop quiz later. Oh man! By the way. Okay. And so if you get all five correct, we become best friends. Oh man, it's a lot of pressure. If you get uh, one or fewer correct Uh then we become bitter enemies oh no so if that's the case then i know to keep space and cookies away from you (laughs) but if we're best friends i will get you space and cookies how's that gonna work though because if you don't give me space you're right next to me therefore we are best friends if you do give me space you gave me the thing i like no i will actually best friends send you you to space oh yeah plot twist yeah (laughs) With no helmet, right? Depends. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Again, are we better enemies or not? Who knows? All right, so that's good. Yeah, I wanna I'm curious about that because just the physics of it, like how do you like you usually don't want the cookie to stick. Now oh you my do. Oh gosh, yeah. Because there's no gravity. Oh, I had not thought about that. Yeah. That is really interesting. You definitely don't want them to burn. Right. Because that would stink up the whole joint. <laughs> So, yeah. Joint. Yeah. Weed cookies. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> full circle. <laughs> that is full circle. All right, let's move on to the next one. How do you feel about doorbell cameras? Um, Tom Petty or the Heartbreakers? I'm going to say Tom Petty. If I lived alone and wasn't expecting somebody, I feel like that would give me a slight slightly more of a sense of security i have some friends that like 
live in apartments in new cities and don't really know people that live around them. So, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. So you're in your safe room most of the time mm-hmm. with your video screens up. Yes. Just looking around going, okay, who's that? Who's that? Where are they? Mm-hmm. That's two blocks over. I still want to know where they're going. That sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say you're paranoid, but right, y- you have those tendencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, good. <laughs> good. Glad to know that. Getting to know so much about you. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Let's end it on this for now. Cobbler, the dessert, not the person who fixes your shoes. Tom Petty <laughs> or the Heartbreakers. Um. Mm, okay. Tom Petty, but I, I am allergic to gluten, so I would need it to be gluten-free okay. cobbler. Yeah. But like, generally speaking, cobbler, like... Heck yeah. Um, my whole family's from Mississippi. We're very Southern. That's that's kind of a Southern thing, you know, cobbler. Like, yes, all the time. Okay. So are you a cobbler or pie person? Because this is always interesting because I feel like pie is very organized and mm-hmm. orderly and cobbler is basically chaos. Aren't they basically the same things? They are, but they're just, cobbler is just messed up. Whoa. And pie I've is never thought about organized that. thing. Right? So yeah. it kind of tells me what kind of person you are. Well, here's the thing though. Um, I am more of a not fruit dessert person okay. so like so chocolate yeah like chocolate i love sweet potato pie i love pecan pie like that kind of stuff but i i've never seen a chocolate cobbler okay we can start that you don't know wow wait chocolate cobbler is gonna co- cobbler <laughs> cobbler is gonna be my new band that's okay. the new the new project have you ever done any competitive eating no. There's a reason I'm asking this. Today <laughs> is uh, Joey Chestnut's birthday. He's uh-huh. a competitive American champion, competitive eater. He does the Nathan's hot dog, like 75 oh of God, them at a time. disgusting to me. Yeah, he turned 36 today. So based <laughs> on his career choice, and I'm not saying anything bad about him. I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be around. So happy <laughs> birthday to Joey Chestnut. Uh, one year after Joey Chestnut was born, guess what the anniversary of uh, today, the what has an anniversary today is the way I should have said that in 1984. Do they know it's Christmas was recorded? Oh yeah. Wait, have I heard this? Do they know it's Christmas time at all? I think you just introduced me to a new Christmas classic. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's the one with all the British bands and it was the reason they did. We are the world. Oh, really? Yeah. So Do They Know It's Christmas came first. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even... So wow. like How Bono, have I not heard George about Michael, um, every big British uh, singer at the yeah. time was in on it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I got to okay. go check we'll, that out. We'll check that out. Um, and then sadly, we'll just talk about this really quick just because uh, 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 Nick Drake, mm-hmm. 1974, passed away. Aww. He was 26 years old and of course created some incredible incredible music right so we'll just leave it on a downer right there <laughs> great not thinking through this show at all so <laughs> welcome to the interview why thank you great uh cat ridgeway we can find you at catridgeway.com. Yes, you can. Cat Ridgeway Music on most of the social medias. Yeah, and Facebook, it's Cat Ridgeway and the Tourists. Yep, mm-hmm. and that's C-A-T. Yes. Ridgeway. Yeah. R-I-D. G-E. Are you spelling it? I know how to spell it. I got, okay. Well, now I forgot where it was. 
G E W A Y. Yes. Cat Ridgeway. <laughs> that is correct. Got it. Good. I'm glad we really nailed it. Pounded that into the ground. Uh, Big Thief. <laughs> Let's play a song by Big Thief. This is a band you picked out all the songs today. Yes. And uh, this is one of your favorite bands, newer favorite bands. Yes. Um, they just have a prolific songwriter at their core. Um, love every single thing that they've done. I was just telling uh, Nick off air that in the last three or four months, they put two full LPs out back to back. Not one singer, single song is filler, and it is just awesome music. So what about this song? Why did you pick this one? It's called Two Hands. Um, Honestly, I was trying to... I, I was approaching the show from a standpoint of if I were going to introduce one of my friends to these bands, which mm -hmm. songs would I start with? Oh, nice. Um, and so this song I feel like is a little bit uh, more accessible than some of their other stuff. They get a little meandering with their melodies and song structures and stuff. So this one I think has a little bit more of a concrete um, melodic idea going on in this. And it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just pretty. <laughs> it's really so cool. This is a good gateway. Good gateway drug. Yeah. yeah into their other stuff. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a really big fan of this, this whole record. It's great. You're a really big fan of gateway drugs. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably shouldn't say that on the air. Oh my God. Okay. I know. I'm like, am I even allowed to talk about that? I was like, oh shoot, should I have said that? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Big Thief, two hands <laughs> from the album of the same name on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Previously, to a certain degree, Allison Steedle, Offcut's co-host, is on point in this crossover episode. She is funny, she is smart, she is good at food and talking. That makes for a great conversation. And bonus, you may also get hungry, but that's part of the fun. Subscribe to the podcast for this and all future episodes. Now back to the show. Big Thief on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Two Hands from the album of the same name. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I do this every week. Every week, very special guest, returning guest, Kat Ridgeway. If you missed that episode, if you missed this or any of this episode, you can, of course, subscribe to the show or go to a certain degree.com. Oh, yeah. And find all of the episodes. So we talked, Kat, thank you so much again for coming in. Oh, man, thank you for having me. We talked a lot about the songwriting process. Uh, mm -hmm. You started very young when you were songwriting. You actually started very young when you were playing instruments mm -hmm. as well. And while you're known for playing guitar right. uh, as yeah. a singer-songwriter, which is the typical singer-songwriter yeah. instrument, uh, you actually started playing trumpet first. I did. Um, yeah, so... I was in fourth grade. I felt really cool at the time because mm -hmm. you had to be in fifth grade to join the band. But I was so interested in music and stuff that I was like, can I can I join a year early? And they let so me. So you just needled your way into the band. Yeah. Nice. I was like, I, I want to be so cool. <laughs> nah, but Nothing Trump cooler was, than the band. No, there wasn't. Honestly, to me, I'm like total band geek over here. But like that was... That was such an awesome experience, man. If I hadn't been able to to do that and had the guidance of the people that I had around me, they I mean, my band instructor, shout out, what's up, Brad Hudson, if you're listening. Um, 
he be hud be hud my man no but seriously he let me experiment on everything like our i went to a private catholic school and our our band was like 12 people and so there were multiple occasions where we would try to do these um arrangements of certain songs and we would need an instrument that nobody played and instead of just giving that that part to something else in the band like you know changing it from a flute part to a clarinet part or something sure um mr hudson would let me just be like hey can i try the trombone sure like so it was it was so much fun for me because it was like during any given rehearsal or performance that we do as a band I could be playing like three four five different instruments throughout the the thing and it was so fun and that was a hugely fundamental experience for me as a musician I think and I think it's a a lot in, in how I view production too even because it's like you could see how the different parts in different instrumentation were constructed Mm -hmm. it's like you know trombone has more of a bass vibe to it so some of the melodies that you're playing on trombone are simpler but they support everything else that's going on and being a fresh musician at the time seeing how the melody lines would interact with more bass lines like that or like even percussion stuff it was i don't know it's just really cool see how everything interplays now What's interesting about that is you were incredibly young for that to have such a, an impact on you. Yeah. Is is really neat because when I was in fourth grade, I don't remember anything. Oh, well, I mean, th- I, I played from fourth grade through eighth grade. So this was okay. up through the time I was like 13, 14. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, I, it wasn't like I was in fourth grade and was just like, you wow, music is incredible. Like, and that was the end of, yeah. Yeah, but okay, I think it. just being like, just marinating on it all for like four years and or for however long it was, mm-hmm. um, just being around it consistently like that, certain things start to sink in kind of subconsciously, whether you really think about it or not. Um, But yeah, by the time I was in high school, I feel like I had really uh, garnered a really deep appreciation for music and how it's constructed and all that good stuff. So, and let me, let me ask you this because we were talking a little bit about this off air, but it seems like a good time to bring it up. Mm-hmm. is the actual production of music. Right. So we take that, I, I think a lot of people who don't, who aren't in the industry, take that for granted. Right, yeah. Right? It's um, a lot so of it's, work. <laughs> yeah, so it's you and a guitar, and you write the lyrics, and you write the music. Okay, I get all that. Right. But when it comes to actually sitting down and creating an album, mm-hmm. so we're talking about... uh Big Thief earlier and right. coming out with two albums in a year is pretty remarkable. It's crazy. Because of all the work that goes into it. Yeah. And as a working, gigging musician, mm-hmm. you know, for you to put out an album while the distribution has changed, you know, from 20 years ago or 30 years ago or even 10 years ago. Right. Um, you still need to have it sound good. You still need the production value there, mm-hmm. which means that if you're really committed to doing this as you are, what you're doing is going through and all your money is being put into the production of your next EP, your next album, your next song, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah. And so can you talk a little bit about that process? Because I think you've probably learned it more than, you know, anyone over the last few years. Ooh, man. Yeah. So at the, at the start of making this record, 
And the, let's just say you're you're working on a new EP. You've yes, come out yeah. with an EP before. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't say you, that. <laughs> you've released singles. Yeah. Um, but right now you have, I, I think, most of the songs either written or almost done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you were talking a little bit about the mixing and mastering right, of yeah. it. But this is a new EP, six songs. That's going to be coming out in February, March. Yeah, we're we're shooting for February first, but you know that's it's kind of an arbitrary date at this point in time. We're going to see if we can get everything wrapped up and cohesive by that date. Yeah. Um, so it'd be great for a, a Valentine's Day gift. Yeah. Both if you're with somebody or not with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, gosh, in, in terms of production, though, there's there's a lot that goes into making a record um, and a lot that I think people don't see or don't really consider if they're not musicians themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest struggle for me on this record was actually just choosing which direction to run in because I'm I'm a songwriter at heart. That's like what I do. And I I remember going through my laptop and I had like, 400 different song ideas and full some were full written some weren't mm-hmm. but it was just like okay well these songs have kind of uh an indie rock mojo these songs are more singer songwriter these songs are a little more soul based yeah where do we want this record to live and I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry to to Billy, the guy that produced this record with me. Oh my gosh, we went around in circle. I went around in circles because I was like, I love it all. I don't know what to choose. And eventually, I I landed on trying to kind of marry my two loves of indie rock and Motown and soul. Um, and I think we were able to capture a really cool intersection between those two things, mm-hmm. but. So getting into production, right, you're looking at the song just as a song itself and looking and saying, okay, is the melody strong enough? Is there something for somebody to hook onto here? What's the message of the song? Are the lyrics strong enough? Do I need to go tweak something? Um, And the lyrics were another big hang up for me because it's so funny to me. I'm so much more of a melody writer than I am a lyricist these days. So it was like I had these full quote unquote songs but then no lyrics, but the song was full written and I knew the cadence of the words. I just didn't have the words in the spot. And so I'd have to go back and construct lyrics that fit into the melody I had already written. So that was, that brings to mind something you said at the last interviews, you had a song like that yeah, where you were just about to go on stage and perform it for the first time, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you never had the words to it. That song is on the record that that's actually given you up, um, which is probably going to be the first single. And this, that song is hilarious to me for this reason. Um, never in my life have I felt like a song was not mine more than that song. Really? Be- yes, because first off... Oh, you mean like you were just channeling it? or Yes that- and no. So like, yeah, that definitely happened where it just kind of appeared and I was like, oh, cool. But that, that happens from time to time mm-hmm. when you're writing songs and doing really anything creative. Sometimes it's, you feel you like... You never this- know where the inspiration <laughs> comes from. Yeah, yeah. and it, that is a, an amazing feeling. But what was really interesting to me and has not happened before or since was... Because I made the lyrics up on stage, partly, I went back later and tried to make a little bit more sense of them. And I just kind of wrote placeholder lyrics, like I was saying, just to hold the melody in place. Um, but we started playing the song as a band and it was like we all liked playing it. So I just kind of 
ran with these made up lyrics mm-hmm. that didn't really make any sense. But we started playing the song out and people started to know the song and people started to know the words. And I was like, but the words don't mean anything, guys. Like, I don't know what's happening. And we were in the studio getting ready to track the vocals on Giving You Up. And I was like, I have got to rewrite the second verse and make this song make sense. Like, what the hell does Giving You Up even mean? It's like, are, are you giving up somebody you love? Are you giving up someone you were trying to date? Like, we, you know, like, and, I was, and is, is Giving You Up good or bad like right <laughs> you know what i mean like is I, it, I mean is it a sad song or is it have, an I uplifting still song i don't know is what it, it's about yeah. I, yeah like i really i have no idea what it's about i feel like it's uh, at its core it's it felt to me like um kind of putting meaning on it after the fact it felt kind of like a relationship that was a little bit harder to get through than you wanted it to be but you're not giving it up kind of thing um but yeah, it was just so funny to me because when we got in the studio, I, I eventually reached this point where I was like, you know what? This song doesn't feel like it's completely mine anymore. Like I feel, I would feel like I was doing the song a disservice at this point in time to change the words because I feel like people, it's already resonated with people. Like the, oh, the mission has been accomplished. And for me to mess with that at, at that point is me just egotistically injecting myself into this creative thing you know do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's so weird and I've never had that experience before but I was like I feel like I just I'm strong arming it if I try to change something about it now because it's already been yeah the audience now has some agency over or some ownership over the song yeah and I it's that is so weird (laughs) like it's so cool though I never thought that Number one, I never thought I'd have enough people listening that actually really cared about my songs where I'd ever feel that way. Um, And yeah, honestly, that's kind of it. I just never thought people would ever kind of take a song of mine in like that um, where I would feel obligated to respect how they've reacted to it more than Mm -hmm. than my own artistic, uh, like, instincts with the lyrics but yeah so that was really interesting but when we got into actual production and stuff we were like okay this song has kind of an old school soul vibe to it and so that comes down to like tone sculpting on the guitars the way you mic the drums that was a really fun process for me to just watch um billy chapin who's an amazing producer he's worked with he actually used to be the lead guitar player for the backstreet boys like back in their heyday and stuff. It's it's so cool. He's worked with a bunch of crazy people. Um, and he was like, okay, what, what kind of vibe are we going for in the drums? Like, Mm. send me some songs you like. And we kind of landed on love mutually loving the record back to black by Amy Winehouse. Cause honestly, who doesn't love that record? Sure. But the drum tones in that and the, and the drumming on that is particularly interesting. Cause if you listen to that record, not one single symbol crash all thing yep yep like i mean there might be one or two but where you naturally as a drummer would want to accent something never happens it's all snare work and hi-hat work and the bass drum is just bumping it's like there's such a vibe on that record because of that but there's also a vibe because of the way that it's mic'd where it kind of has almost like a hip-hop tone if you really just listen to the drums 
And so, but it's also old school sounding, kind of like, it's almost like Beatles meets hip hop tones. Yeah. Um, And so Billy was like, okay, well, let's do a British mic setup. And I'm like, there's a British mic setup? What is that? It's metric. (laughs) Yeah, it is indeed. But yeah, it it just came down like, um, I think it was a ribbon mic down on the ground, but kind of further away from the bass drum than you would think it it should be and then like two overhead mics and an sm57 not even like uh whatever oh gosh what's the t- uh, you know like uh, shotgun mics like oh sure yeah. yeah usually that's you use something more along those lines to to mic a snare but this uh, this was just a handheld vocal like sm57 on the snare and it sounds freaking awesome but it's not that's like not a typical way you would track you would drums set it up yeah yeah and so um yeah so production gets really nitty gritty like that where it's like every decision you make even though it seems like it's such a small thing it actually makes a huge difference because you're when you say you're tracking that you're recording just the drums right right Mm -hmm. so they might be listening to something else but you never know how it's all gonna sound Mm -hmm. until you get it all together right um yeah. Now, does that okay? So, working with a producer, let's say, mm-hmm. is the job of that person to pull you back from the infinite amount of, <laughs> you know, different ways you can do things? Yeah. Um, because as an artist, I would imagine, oh, okay, what if I just do, let's try it again, just do this. And what if I yeah. just do this? Um, yeah, it's, it's funny because I feel like Billy and I eventually kind of got into a rhythm with each other where, uh, obviously he was producing it, but every project I've ever done before this, I was co-producing myself. Um, and so it's really interesting because Billy and I eventually kind of got into a rhythm where I was using him more as a springboard. But then if he had like a really strong opinion on how something should be tracked or the tone we should use for like EQing purposes, which mm-hmm. is not how my brain works i'm thinking in terms of arrangement and how melodies are interplaying and stuff but i also don't really have a huge music theory background believe it or not i don't know a lick of theory and so there were a couple of times where i would want to do a certain baseline thing and billy would be like oh but that note's actually rubbing against the seventh in this chord in the guitar and it's like i don't think that way wow um and i was like oh that's really interesting so then we'd we'd change it and he'd be like ah yes and then I could hear a difference and it's like oh you're you're right (laughs) um but there were also like moments where I would want the guitars to be like super hairy and gritty and he'd be like okay we can add that in post-production if you want to just track it a little bit cleaner that way if we need the option to roll off the dirt we can and it's like I think he he was acting as an engineer as well when when those types of decisions are being made but he he was engineering it as well so like um but yeah just working with somebody like that definitely helps with the decision making process too because there were some times where i was like okay should we go more the indie rock route with uh how the drums are being played in this section or should we go more soul and like or if we add these vocal harmonies over more of an indie rock drum beat, is that going to kind of tie together? Does it work? And, you know, Billy would kind of guide me on what his opinions were on certain things. And he's worked on a lot of records. And 
So you, <laughs> you need to listen. It's, it's definitely learning the listening, kind of stepping yeah. outside of yourself as an artist and not getting so wrapped up because it is sometimes you get really caught up in the forest and can't see the trees anymore. <laughs> well, I'm sure sometimes too, though, you know, as experienced as a producer might be is you're the artist, you have the final say. So there might have been times where you were like, yeah, that might be a way to go, but I really like this way. Yeah, that did happen. Yeah. Um, again, actually on Giving You Up, there's uh, there's this bridge section where we call it the staircase. And so we come from a, like a tempo that's like here. Right. Um, but then it goes into halftime where the drums are going. And then it goes. And then it goes all the way to like that old school, like Motown soul where every hits on the snare that you know what I mean? Um, but it takes us a good like 16 or 20 bars to get from point A to point B. And it's for me, that was just a structural thing in the song where it's all about the build. And I just kind of repeat the same lyric, which is just, I want you to know, and it builds an in intensity. Um, but Billy was like, you say I want you to know like 12 times. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, don't you feel the difference from the first time to the 15th? And he's like, I just think it goes on too long. And so we we cut the bridge in half at first. So you tried it. We tried it. Yeah. And I get it. But I was also like, I just feel like there was uh, like we lost something kind of magical. Like I felt like the bridge of the song kind of is what makes what could make the song like quote unquote famous like you know what I mean like so there's something cool about it right I mean you're still storytelling and sometimes you have to build tension right and sometimes that's the way to build it mm-hmm. and it's just I don't know that was one of those moments where I was like I I I, <laughs> I thought about it a lot I was like man I respect Billy's uh opinions on this so much and I really feel like I need to get better about listening about stuff like that but this is just one of those times I think I'm gonna have to stick to my guns mm -hmm. and um honestly I, I kind of pride myself on being super open-minded so when people give me suggestions that I'm working with like for songs or like if I'm in a, in the middle of a co-write with somebody else and somebody throws an idea out nothing is a bad idea you it, there's just ideas that you choose not to use you know what I'm saying so uh when Billy was saying to cut that bridge down, I was like, okay, let's hear it. And we we listened to it. We lived with it for a, a hot minute. And then the day that we were tracking the drums, I was like, can we just can we just get that to have it just in case? And he was like, you're never going to let that go. And, he, and I was like, yeah, I'm probably not. And I was like, we're going to play it like that live every time. And he was just like, all right, well, then let's just let's just record it like that then. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And it was just funny because it was never like an argument, but it was like one of those things where we were like, mm, <laughs> like looking at each other, like, are you sure you want to do that? Yeah, <laughs> It's interesting, too, because you've, you know, you've road tested it on the stage. Yes. And so you kind of know that it works. You can feel the audience. You can read the room and see that the buildup yeah. plays mm -hmm. uh, in that sense. So, it, yes. you know, and, you know, more than likely it'll translate from live to the recorded version fairly easily mm -hmm. uh, in theory. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And that, that was interesting, too, because kind of going back to how I felt like that song wasn't completely mine anymore mm -hmm. um, was so much because of the reactions we'd gotten from playing it live, um, where I just felt like changing something was just going to like mess up the mojo. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, it's been it's been cool, though, because I hadn't really recorded anything that I had been playing out like that, where I essentially have tested it before it was on the record. Um, this is the first time I've ever been able to do that. So I'm pretty excited to see how that goes over with everybody. And mm -hmm. um, it's also interesting to see how songs change over time the more you play them live. And now that that particular version of it is captured somewhere, I'm curious to see in like five years after playing and doing stuff and traveling and having more music out, hopefully by that point in time, to see how the song evolves. Um, but I'm glad we captured it as it is right now. Nice. Yeah. Well, do you want to play the version that we have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so and this is uh, from that session or is this from an earlier session? This is the, f this is going to be the final version. Like that's going to be on the record. Mm -hmm. The only thing is it's not mixed or mastered yet. So some of the tones might change a little bit and like levels of stuff. So like, you know, a guitar might be a little bit louder somewhere or something. Um, but yeah, this is, this is the final structure. This is where we landed. Do you want to do a director's cut where I leave your mic on and you can talk over the song telling Ooh, people? No, I'm just kidding. We're not that's kind of that. fun. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Cat Ridgeway with Giving You Up. Yeah. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree.
Christine and the Queens on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida, from the album Chris last year. Wait, no, the album is from last year. It's called Chris. Five Dollars is the name of that song. Mm -hmm. Good morning. My name is Nick. Kat Ridgway is here. She's picking all the songs this morning. Oh, yeah. Second time on the show, but first time for this segment. Right. And you know what it is. Bad business ideas. It is. So let's play the song. <laughs> Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's gonna be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Yes, bad business ideas were like that collection of lanyards you've gotten from conferences and elsewhere and cons, comic cons, and you just don't know what to do with Throw them away, mm-hmm. frame them, turn them into cat toys. I have some right here, as a matter of fact. Let's figure out what to do with them, cat. Oh, man. Okay. But first, yes. as you may or may not know, Bad Business Ideas is a section of the show where I present to you two incredible opportunities. <laughs> and you pick one. Okay. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Well, not as simple as that, because then you actually run that business. I know oh, you have plenty man. of time on your hands. Um, you're not only... <laughs> You're not obligated to do this, right? though. You're legally obligated to do this. Okay. By being on the show, I don't know if you realize, by being on the show, you've actually signed a contract to do this. Should have checked your riders. Yeah. All right. I don't want you to feel trapped, though. So okay. once the company is up and running and starting to turn a profit, you can turn it back over to me. <laughs> because technically... It's very considerate. Technically, I never really gave up ownership. <laughs> Just the responsibilities oh and the liabilities. You kill me. Are you? Are we clear so far? Yes. You're 100% I agree honest. to the terms and conditions. Cat, may I call you Cat? Yes. Great. I am loving this weather. True or false? <laughs> True. That is correct. Cooler weather, finally. It's amazing. Summer seems to last longer and longer every year. And I'm getting older, so I'm starting to have that time in my life where I just get, uh, you know, sort of these heat waves of my own. Um, sort of, I, you know, used to get them when, you know, you eat a lot of meat and you have the meat sweats. Oh my God. Yeah. Now I'm having those all the time. So I'm really happy about the cooler weather. So I started thinking about how can we make this happen all year round? Now I've been told that people are much more willing participants if they think they come up with the idea themselves. So I'm going to have you come up with the idea. Cat Ridgeway, <laughs> what makes you colder Despite rising temperatures, what are some of the things? Um, we're going to see if we're on the same level here. What makes me colder? Yeah. Um, wind. Wind. Okay, <laughs> you know, that's good. I mean, that's not what I'm thinking of. No. Okay. Yeah. Or like, yeah. are you okay? Do you want to like have a volcano? Cold all the time, regardless of where you are, regardless of how hot it is. So, Just you know, I, I thought about all over my body. I thought about that. Like it's inconvenient to have somebody <laughs> applying ice to you all the time. Uh-huh. And uh, so what I came up with, have you ever been sick? Yes. Have you ever had a fever? Yes. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah. We would give you a disease that gives you a consistent low grade fever. Oh it's called gosh. fever dream. Now, dream. I pitched this to my sister, who's a nurse practitioner. Love it. And she tells me this is a terrible idea. <laughs> this is super unhealthy, not practical. 
uh, not sustainable, any of those things, which is the hallmark of a truly disruptive business plan. Correct. So I like it on a number of levels. Plus, You Give Me Fever is the perfect theme song for this. Because that's literally what we're doing to people. Yeah. So you are going to be cool. Mm -hmm. You are going to be maybe shaky a little bit. So sick, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, in theory, we're going to engineer this because nothing ever bad came from engineering viruses or bacteria or anything like that. Yeah. So that you just have a fever. No cold, no sniffles, no anything else. You're just kind of chilly all the time. Oh, man. Think about it. August, how great would that be? But like, okay, would you have the sweat still? Like, you know, like fever sweats, even when you're cold, you're like kind of like misty. Yeah, because you're you're cold, but you're also trying to cool your body down because it's overheating. Yeah. So we have to find the right temperature. Uh-huh. Right? So yeah. if we're at 98.6, is that a human temperature? I think so. I should know human temperature. Uh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's correct. That's right. I'm totally human. Yeah, no, of course. Um, right? Aren't so you? So maybe <laughs> it's just between 100.1 and 100.5. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the sweet spot. So yeah. you're going to have to do some R&D. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. See where, okay, so after 100, let's say it's 100.5, 100.6, oh, patient zero is getting sweaty. Yeah. We'll have to end that. We'll have to terminate that experiment, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you? I do. Great. That's uh, that's a little dark, you know? Huh? <laughs> what are you thinking? Oh, man. I don't know. I'm just drinking my, my okay, great. black coffee as so, dark as my soul. Fever Dream. What do you think of that one so far? Love it. You get to sting the theme song. We're obviously going to buy the rights oh to my You God, Give Me yes. Fever. Uh-huh. And we'll change the lyrics mm-hmm. so you can use your writing skills with a Z to <laughs> change up the lyrics a little bit. Oh, man. But most of them are still, you give me fever in the morning, fever all through the night. Yeah. Night fever. That's what we do. Yeah. It could be like a, um, what's the medicine you take that has an AM, PM thing? NyQuil? Yeah. Ooh. So maybe like I'm just hot at night. Right. I just want fever PM. Yeah. <laughs> I like That's a that. great this idea. This is why we have these conversations because we're coming up with yeah. new things. We're coming up with, hey, guess what? What? We have another idea. Oh my Still. goodness. Yeah. Now my sister who I pitched this to was like, okay, well, let me try to come up with one. I was super excited about this because the inspiration for bad business ideas is our father. Oh, my gosh. Because Love it. he was always coming up with some sort of borderline, improbable, yet surefire scheme that he had no intention of actually doing. Right. Like, he just wanted to be the idea guy, didn't want to be the money guy or the actual uh, person who does it, the implementation person. But million-dollar ideas, each one, I guarantee. So to hear her come up with one, I realize that I'm not the only one that's sort of touched in the head by this, Mm -hmm. the bad business idea, entrepreneurial sort of disease that we have. Right. Her idea. Are you ready for this? So ready. Why just take a shower when you can also get some exercise in? Our new company, Clean Cut, helps people do just that. We apply an incredibly slippery layer of silicone to your tub or shower floor, and you have to keep your balance while soaping up or down. Because I'm not sure if everybody soaps differently. Oh, my god! Some people soap with the grain. Some people soap against the grain. I'm not really sure how it works. I use very little soap. Right. Or showers. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, so that's called clean cut. Love it. Because you're going to be clean. And cut. You get ah! it. You get it. Love it. You get it. That's awesome. So I can like picture it like a treadmill. You're just Almost running. Like a treadmill. Oh, but it's great because like, are like you sweating or are you just wet from the shower? The treadmill. world may never know. Actually, I like that better because then you could be walking in the shower. Yeah. While you're taking a shower. Yeah. Yeah. Still dangerous. Yeah. They oh, mentioned she's a yeah. nurse practitioner. Yeah. <laughs> so this is not. She's seen too many slip and falls. Yeah. This is. <laughs> Almost as bad as mine. That's I feel great. like the fever dream, you know, when we, it turns everybody into zombies or something at some point. <laughs> but yeah, so clean cut. Yeah. Treadmills, like there's all sorts of things we can do in the shower mm-hmm. from an exercise perspective. This is sounding a little uh, more racy than I thought it would, but <laughs> we're back to the you cursive. Know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. The idea is there. Yes. So what do you think about fever dream? Uh-huh. Or clean cut. You can only do one. And everybody's listening, so you actually have to do it pretty quick. Yeah. Because somebody could be out there right now registering clean cut right. lawsuits.com. I can't I don't know, man. I'm kind of feeling clean cut. I feel like yeah. that could it could do some something. So less biomedical research and right. testing that needs to be done. You Probably won't have to terminate any cheaper. experiments. <laughs> I mean, they might terminate I mean. themselves on accident. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, okay. So treadmills, yeah. uh, maybe some of those kettlebells in the, you know, maybe the kettlebells have the shampoo in them. Yes. And you so have you to have lift to... them over your head and well, use. It sounds this is wonderful. You yeah. are right on the same wavelength as me. <laughs> yeah, man. This rarely happens. <laughs> I love it. Most yes. people are way more responsible than you. Oh, man. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> so, okay. So, clean cut. We'll get a uh, business plan mm-hmm. on my desk. Uh, shampoo, kettlebells, the treadmill or slippery floor. Uh-huh. Or maybe one of the balance balls, the yoga balls in there. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that could also be good. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to get a full workout in the shower. Yeah. Without another person in there. Right. Okay, great. I am so here for this. Perfect. Gosh, can you imagine how much that would speed up your morning routine? If I could just combo everything. Yeah. And think, okay, so I don't know about you, but I have a lot of good ideas in the shower. Yeah. So taking a slightly longer shower so I could also get some exercise in, I'm I'm for that. Yeah, more business ideas. Yeah, <laughs> more terrible, terrible ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so here for that. Okay, so clean cut. We'll get that going. Uh, let's listen to a song. This seemed appropriate. This is one of the songs that uh, you brought in. This is Leon Bridges with Bad Bad News <laughs> from the album Good Thing, ironically enough. Yeah. All right. Anything you want to say about this song? Why'd you pick it or Ooh, what you were yes. thinking? Um, I I just love this song. I think it is masterfully constructed where it's definitely a jazz and R&B song. Mm-hmm. But anyone who's not taken the the full dive into jazz will still appreciate this. Also, I think the guitar solo at the very end, the tone of the guitar is ridiculous. It almost sounds like an electronic keyboard at certain points. Oh, and it blows my mind. I've listened to it more times than I can count. And every time I'm just like blown away by the playing at the end of it. Also, 
um, a couple years ago when my band and I got to play at Okeechobee Music and Arts Fest. We were, <laughs> we were backstage and Leon Bridges was playing the stage that we like luckily, very luckily got to open up and I'm drunk at this point because after we played our show, obviously our, our band was like celebrating. We took a bunch of shots, whatever. And I see Leon Bridges and I'm a huge fan of Leon Bridges. I ran over to him like drunkenly and was like, Leon, I love you. And I'm pretty sure he thinks I'm crazy. So shout out to Leon Bridges. But Leon Bridges is a big listener. Yeah. 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 So he'll understand. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was my bad, bad news. Um, Perfect. There you go. Bad, bad news, Leon Bridges. <laughs> You'll hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Grandma Party Bazaar, it's not too far. There will be gifts that are neat, so get there with your feet. So you can leave a smaller carbon footprint, which can be part of your gift. Okay, that's all my singing for the year. Grandma Party Bazaar, if you know about it, great. You can skip this next part. If you don't know about it, it's one of the best markets of the year outside of Stardust Coffee, a hand-selected group of vendors, unique gifts that will allow you to win the holidays. That is what you want and what you will get. I'll be there too for people who want to type their holiday cards because Grandma loves me and you and us. December 15th, now back to the show. Leon Bridges on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Bad, bad news from the album. Good thing. Good morning. You're listening to a certain degree. Speaking of good things, you're listening to a certain degree. And also I have an incredible guest. Uh, Kat Ridgeway is back. She was on the show last October, I believe. Sounds about uh, right. For the first time we talked, we really dug into the songwriting and the writing process, the creative yeah. writing process. That was fun for cat. Yeah, it was. It's a. It's. I went back and listened to it in preparation for the show, and was like, "This is. I know what I'm doing." Yeah. And also, she's really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was that. Like I, unfortunately, it was me first. Yeah. But because I was so surprised, like it doesn't surprise me that you know, as a successful musician, you're good at talking. <laughs> you're good at writing. You're good uh, at music. I try. Yeah. <laughs> and you're you're often humble. <laughs> but when I hear myself and I'm like, you know, and it has to be like a year later that I listen to right. it and realize that, oh, that's still me. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess, do you ever have that with some of your older songs or things? Like you actually go back and listen to it and go, oh, wait, that actually, yeah, that does sound like a song. Yeah, it's so funny because um, actually just like last week, one of my good friends in town, who's also a singer songwriter, um, posted, he was like, man, do you guys ever just go back and find stuff that you've recorded demos of like six months ago and you're like, oh shoot, this is actually like something I should in explore and investigate. And like four other singer-songwriters that are friends of mine in town commented, they're like all the time, yes, this is so me. And I was like, yeah, like I think that's just kind of like a universal thing being able to kind of um, separate yourself from yourself. Right. Um, but yeah, it's so interesting to me because when I was in high school, that was probably, even though I love indie rock now, that high school was probably my heyday of only listening to indie rock where like that was a steady influx of influence that I was just consuming like every day. And so when I listened back to demos and song ideas that I had from that 
era of my life, it's a lot more indie sounding, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's kind of cool because it's part of me is like, that doesn't even sound like me anymore. But then I'm like, but that's still me. Like that's the artist I was at that point in time. I'd really love to be able to dig some of those songs back up and, and kind of see what they can be now that I have a little bit more musical education. I feel like just cause I mean, I listen to jazz now. <laughs> like oh. I am sophisticated at some, some jazz. It's more like Leon Bridges jazz, but it's fine. Mm, it's, okay. It's still like, I mean, I, I have listened to actual jazz as well, but not yeah. that that's not actual jazz, but yeah, like I, I've listened to a lot more music where I feel like I could bring really interesting elements to the stuff that I've written a long time ago in the past. Yeah. But still looking back at it and go, maybe a turn of phrase again kind of strikes you or, yeah, yeah. you know, all of a sudden you realize that, Oh, I wrote that. And now it might even have a different meaning to you, Yeah, but still like, you know, that kind of connection that you have to your own work, other people might have to your work as well. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Actually, this just happened to me this past week. Um, so when I was, gosh, I think I was in high school. Um, I was actually given a script for the movie Bernie. You were just in high school this week? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, sorry, sorry. Are you sorry. hanging out at high school? <laughs> yeah. Kat, they've talked to you about this. I know. I, I'm not supposed to be there. Uh, but <laughs> so, um, no. Okay. So just this past week, I had an experience where I I was playing an older song of mine and I was like, oh, wow, I wrote that. That's actually like objectively speaking from who I am now, that's mm. good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I never feel that way, really. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you're your own worst critic most yeah. of the time, especially when it comes to creative stuff. Yeah, but it's like this, okay, so I, I was given the script to the movie Bernie um, that had Jack Black in it. Did, mm-hmm. Have you heard about this movie? Yeah. Okay, so like, yeah, this guy, uh, spoiler alert, but it's kind, it, not really. This guy kills this old lady that annoys him true story by the way that it's based off of um and he kind of goes through the rest of the movie almost like weekend at burning it trying to make it seem like she's not dead Mm -hmm. um and anyway like he ends up on death row at some point so i was told to write a song for a scene and i was like okay um me being my emo little self when i was in high school i chose the death row scene and um ended up writing this they wanted country songs so i wrote this country song called on a windy day and um i don't know it's like somebody asked me to 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 play that song i think honestly i think it was my dad because i just hadn't played it in forever and the first lines of that song are i hope the good lord takes me on a windy day i'll need some help to heaven if i'm headed there anyway and i was like i wrote that when i was like 14 and i was like that's deep and i was like that's that's cool um like i stand by that lyric i'm proud of that lyric now i mean i was i'm sure i was proud of it then too but it was like just stepping away from like i'm 24 now so it's like that was like so 10 years later yeah Yeah. and i'm like whoa like where did that come from you know um so yes it is that's always such a weird experience (laughs) but i was grateful for it because i was like wow like thanks mom and dad for like patting me on the back and telling me to keep writing songs like that's cool so yeah anyway yeah that's the best example of that i can give you from my recent life yeah (laughs) that's good um i was always curious about we talked a little bit about this going to you went to ucf Mm -hmm. so i don't remember exactly when you decided to you know really dig into music right 
um, and try to do this full time. Not mm-hmm. try and do this full time. I right. should say. I apologize. Yeah. No, you're fine. But when you were coming out of high school, what was your plan and what actually happened? Like was yeah. was college always on the docket? Yes. Um, my parents were very adamant about me and my brother both getting our degrees. Um, they, they're really smart people. Mm-hmm. They're really great business-minded people. And they're listening, aren't they? they yeah. Hey, yeah. mom. <laughs> hey, dad. Thank you. They're so smart and good-looking <laughs> and just so generous. They honestly all true yeah for real like I'm, I'm really lucky to have the parents that I have that have been as supportive of me doing music but um that all being said they they were also very practical and they were saying hey like we know you love music and we think you have a good shot at making this into a career but we just want to be sure that you have a backup plan mm-hmm. so um I went to UCF I started off as an electrical engineer um I, my, my brother studied electrical engineering and I thought it was fascinating and I'm actually a complete geek. Um, I love science, always have, always will. I don't really watch TV. I just watch TED Talks like all the time. And actually a TED Talk was what kind of changed a, a, my trajectory just a little bit. So I came in to UCF knowing that I wanted to do STEM because I didn't want to study music because if it was going to be plan B, I'd didn't want it to like I wanted it to be something that I also loved but that was different you know yeah um and so and also just being a woman in STEM there's kind of this weird like job security that comes with with the being like I don't want to use the word minority but there's less women in STEM so everybody wants to hire the woman (laughs) and at it's least, a safe bet. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. So I was like, okay, there's like a. I mean, you probably still need the skills, but right. Yeah. I mean, I would hope so, but um, so you know, I was thinking from a practical sense, like I would probably have a high rate of being able to be employed with a degree in STEM. So started off in electrical engineering, but then I watched a TED talk about um biomedical mm-hmm. engineering and stuff like that and uh, specifically they were talking about how they took the extracellular matrix which is basically like a net that all of your cells rest inside it's what gives your cells uh, a structure and they took the extracellular matrix from plants removed the cells and then made a gel out of it and what it does is if you have an open wound you can put it over and it makes the blood coagulate almost immediately because it gives the blood cells a framework to rest inside of so they were saying this could be used for gunshot wounds it could be used for like really deep cuts um and they were hoping that it might even one day be able to replace like stitches and stuff where people will have less scarring because it's actually skin that's forming to heal the wound instead of like pushing the skin back together um anyway fascinating stuff to me and i was like i want to make that i want to like yeah, I like I think electrical engineering is cool, but that's because I wanted to build things. And I was like, imagine building things, but also being able to build with biology. That's so cool. Well, and it's goo. Yeah. And goo is always goo fun. Goo is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so. I mean, um, it's in the name. Yeah. It's practically the word cool. Right. <laughs> but um, so I switched to um, biotechnology and I studied that for like, I was in STEM for probably like two, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. 
And then I kind of just had a come to Jesus moment. I was playing um, a corporate event and I was out in the lobby just doing some fill in music. And there was a keynote speaker at the event, um, which you might know her name's Lisa Maley. She does a lot of like acting and modeling stuff in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also does like professional development speaking and stuff. Shout out to Lisa Maley. What up? Um, Big but, listener. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so she's talking to me afterward and she's like, hey, I really enjoyed you playing today. And I was like, thanks. And she's like, so what are you studying? And I was like, biotechnology. And I'm, you know, stoked about it. And she's like, why? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean why I want to be a scientist like what do you mean why and she's like well you're just such a people person like and you're doing the music thing like why aren't you doing something more like arts based and it was so funny because growing up like that was always the reaction I got whenever I told people I wanted to go into science they're like why and I was like well I, I love it but after Lisa said that to me and she was like I know some people over at UCF that are in like the broadcasting department, you should check out broadcasting and advertising and stuff. And I was thinking about it. And upon some serious reflection, I was thinking, okay, in five, 10 years time, do I see myself? Do I want to be in a lab working on some stuff or do I want to be on stage? And I was like, I think we all know the answer to this question, you know, like as much as I love science and I am really passionate about it, I love music. Like that is the reason I get up every day, you know, just to make stuff. And, um, so I kind of just switched to advertising without really thinking about it. And next thing I knew I got my degree, it was literally like, I didn't even think it was almost like the universe was just like, Hey, this is what you should do. And I just didn't really question it. Um, But that ended up being such an awesome decision for me. And I had a lot of guidance along the way as well. But I ended up getting my minor in digital media. So I know how to use like Photoshop and all these different things where I've saved a lot of money and stress for myself by making my own merch designs. I coded my own website. I I run all the social media and I know how to market on social media because I studied advertising and like how to create a brand image and all of that stuff. And it's all the stuff I think that you okay like nowadays to make it as an artist you can't just be an artist you have to be a business owner and you have to have some kind of like business savvy and I think before I went in and studied some of this stuff and at least just got a baseline knowledge of how to market and and create an image for a person not just a brand but like a person um I don't know if I would have been able to accomplish as much as I have so far because I feel like um I was, I was pretty clueless <laughs> before, but I think that really helped. And, um, yeah, I just, I, you can't just do the music thing anymore. I don't think the landscape of the industry has changed too much and you really have to be a self-sufficient business owner. That's how anyone's making it. Like I, I love playing music and I hope people think I'm good at it, but I can tell you for sure I will outwork you any day of the week. And that's what it takes to get where you want to go. Well, yeah, I think that so for this new album that you have coming out in February, like not only obviously do you have to record everything, you have to write, you have to record, you have to mix, you have to master. Mm -hmm. So that's the technical part and that's the creative part as well. Right. But then, you know, you're also thinking about how are you going to distribute it? Mm hmm. 
what are you going to do to lead up to the release? Right. Right. Like, mm-hmm. how are you going to do the branding? How are you going to get everybody excited about it beforehand? How are you going to? Because, uh, again, you're doing it for a couple of different reasons. You obviously want to uh, make some money so you can do the next one. Right. But you also want to show that you have enough credibility and of a following to maybe land a record deal. Yeah. Something along those lines. So there's sure. a lot more, a lot more moving pieces and parts. So it's interesting that you ended up doing something that you feel like helped you with that. Yeah. And it's just funny because like beforehand, like, I mean, a degree in biotechnology would have been cool. But upon doing more research, you can't, you kind of have to get a, at least a master's with any of those degrees to really do any of the stuff that I found interesting. And so I was like, ain't nobody got time for that. I'd rather just Well, and you also, <laughs> do it. I mean, there's something to be said for being able to do stuff, not necessarily on a part-time basis, because you don't do anything on a part-time basis, right. but on a freelance basis. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to be freelance biotech. Right, yeah. That would be probably tough. Yeah. Gosh, can you imagine just showing yeah. up to someone's house being like, I brought you some goo. <laughs> Yes, I can imagine that. I 100% can imagine that. Let me fix your wounds. Okay. Uh, Can we play one of your songs? Yeah. And we're going to come back with a pop quiz. Cool. So what song should we play? Um, Well, I guess since we're talking about the new record, uh, let's do Julian and Money. Okay. That's 25. Very nice. So you're going to hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. And I should say this, uh, uh, Kat Ridgway. Hey. (laughs) KatRidgway.com. Yes. C-A-T. Yes. Ridgeway mm-hmm. dot C-O-M. Yes. Okay. You got it. And on all the social medias. All the socials. And actually, like, the website, if you go, if you scroll all the way down, all of my social media stuff is linked to the website. So if you want to follow me on more than one thing, you can see them all in one place. Follow her on all the things. Please. All right. <laughs> CatRidgeway.com. And we'll hear, what is the song name again? Uh, this is Juliana Money. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. Juliana. Crazy to dance like it's my last chance. She doesn't give me time to think, and I'm in a trance, and I can't.
That was Kat Ridgeway on WPRK Winter Park, Florida, from her upcoming EP. This song was Juliana Money, and I have Kat Ridgeway here. Hello, with me hey. in the studio. <laughs> I mean, the door's locked, so that's how I pretty much keep all the guests in until the end of the show. Please get me out of here, someone. Uh, Orlando Theater Hour is coming up <laughs> shortly. Uh, that'll be a wonderful show, so please stay tuned for that. But if you missed any of this show, if you have yet to hear Orlando Theater Hour, both are available as podcasts. So just look up to a certain degree or just look up Orlando Theater Hour. And I would also encourage you to go look up Cat Ridgeway on the interwebs. Thank you. Cat. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, just wanted to make sure you <laughs> still were still here. listening. Still here. <laughs> uh, we have a very important part of the show, uh, pop quiz. Yes. To determine if we're going to be best friends or bitter enemies. <sighs> now, just last week. I'm really nervous. Yeah. So, but uh, actually an old friend of yours is going to be doing the quizzing. So I'll let him introduce himself. Oh, Hey, hey, Nick, this is Simon Time from the Simon Time Trivia Show, and I've got five music-related questions for your guest, my old pal, Cat Ridgeway. I know Cat from the Curtis Earth Show on WPRK as well. Cat, here are your trivia questions for today. Number one, give me the first and last name of the pop singer who got her big break as the winner of the very first season of American Idol. Oh, Kelly Clarkson? The answer with a smash 2005 hit since you've been gone is Kelly Clarkson. Woo! Very nice. Thanks. Kelly Clarkson, half Greek, oh, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, so I... we claim her. Okay. Yeah. You can have her. Yeah. Kelly, if you're listening, nice job. I'm sad, but what? I'm glad you get to have her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You claimed we... her. Yeah. Yeah. Good Greeks. I know. I'm Italian. I wish I could claim... Kelly Clarkson, but oh, I would say I'm sad, but you can you can have her. Ridgeway is such an Italian name. <laughs> I I know. Yeah. Like, come on, my my one grandfather that ruined it before that, my the names on both sides of my family were Venuti and Casali. Like, come on. Nice. You could not get more Italian than that. That's and then true. we just had like the one Scots Irish, like English dude who ruined who it came all. In and now I should note, because this is a <laughs> podcast, you can't really see it. Kat's been talking with her hands the entire time. Have so, I? very Italian. I believe you. Yeah. I mean, she's knocked stuff down off of the walls. She's crushing coffee cups. The crushing coffee mugs <laughs> left and right. It makes a lot more sense now. Okay. You're one to know. Let's Sweet. go to the next question. Oh, man. Number two, stepping away from the pop singing to hip hop. Which hip hop artist did former President George W. Bush once refer to as 
the biggest threat to American youth since polio. So this is George W., so this is at the beginning uh, of the turn of the century. Right. I'm going to guess Eminem. All right, let's see if you're I correct. I hope I'm... I'm mm. That's one hell of an accolade. The answer is Eminem, <laughs> Mr. Marshall Maddox. Yeah. <laughs> so more, like, okay, more uh, detrimental to America's youth than polio. <laughs> when presidents... That's pretty bad. When presidents start talking about you... What do you like? You want to have a bigger influence than what disease on America's youth? Oh man, um, uh, the Black Plague. Go big or go home. Great. You know? Okay. Yeah. We're gonna work on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Good branding. Two and zero. Yeah. Fever dream. <laughs> Question number three: Michael Jackson's Thriller, one of the most successful albums of all time, was produced by what legendary producer? Oh. She's looking frustrated. It wasn't it? Is it Quincy Jones? No, it might be Quincy Jones. I don't know. Do you want I to say actually, Quincy Jones? I'm going to, yeah, final answer, but I'm okay. shaky on it. I should know this. The answer is Mr. Quincy Jones. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, you did know it. Okay, I did know it. Stop beating yourself up. Three it's and fine. Oh. Three. Wow. Two more. Okay, so we're out of bitter enemy territory. Okay. We're fully going for best friends. Okay. For a week. So happy. Space cookies are coming. Yeah. Potentially. Oh, man. I'm so hyped. <laughs> for number four. Once again, I need the first and last name of the knighted artist who became the most successful UK solo artist here in the United States of America. So he's knighted. So it's right. a, it's a so dude. It's not Sir... Well, it, it could... Okay. Sir Paul McCartney, obviously, but there's another... Didn't Sting recently get knighted? I think Sting has been knighted. I'm gonna go. I'm still gonna go with Paul McCartney. I just feel like Sir Paul McCartney. I'm sorry, he's a knight. Um, yeah. So most successful UK artist in the US. (sighs) I don't know if that's right. I'm yeah. I'm just gonna roll with it. Let's roll with it. It's It's probably wrong though. All right. Space cookies on the line. I know. Gosh. If you said Sir Paul McCartney, that is incorrect. It is Sir Elton John. That's, I knew it. I knew, <laughs> oh gosh, I can't believe I just, yeah, that's completely correct. I tried to give you that one. I tried I to give you a little clue there, but uh, yeah, yeah. I know, because I was like solo, like, I mean, he's had, like, obviously Paul McCartney's had a solo career. Sure. Which has been very successful. Very but, successful. I mean, uh, I think you'd be a little hard-pressed to call it a solo career, though, because it was technically Wings. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I should have known that. Yeah. Come on. I'm sorry, Dad. My dad's, like, the biggest Paul McCartney fan in the world, and he's probably listening, like, smacking his head right now. No, well, you said Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, well, he's in, probably proud that I answered that homage, way, but sad yeah, that that's not really dad. the case. Your dad's probably thinking it should be Paul McCartney. It should be. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. <laughs> and the final question Cat, Nick, so far I've asked you four questions requiring you to name an artist. We are flipping the script. Rock band ACDC originated in what country? Oh, are they not American? ACDC is not American. I'll give you that one. Okay. They are not American. Huh. 
I have to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. I never really got into ACDC. I don't know hardly anything about them. Um, As a potential electrical engineer. I know. I that's know. funny. I do know that yeah. it's alternating current and direct current, though. Sure. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, high voltage. But uh, I had to learn an ACDC song this week. Um, I'm Okay. I feel like England is too obvious of a guess. Like okay. if it's not going to be America, which we know that's not. Um I'm going to why let's I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say Canada. Canada. <laughs> yeah. All right. I was going to say My like hometown. Ireland, but whatever. Let's go Canada. I like Canada. Canada. Island? No, Ireland. Oh, and then Ireland. I was like, "No, but I'm just going to go with Canada." All right, let's see if you are correct. I hope so. The correct answer and rounding out today's game, they hail from the land down under, Australia. Really? Those have been Mm -hmm. your five music questions. Nick, can't have a great rest of your day, guys. Wow. I should, I lived in Australia. I should have known that. You probably should have known that. Wow. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have admitted that. If you listen to a lot of their songs, they sound like they come from a former penal colony. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, well, I was going to guess English just because of the vocals, Mm -hmm. but um, some people just sing like that. Like for real. I know I do. Yeah. Same. Whenever I'm on the phone. Yeah. Talking (laughs) an English accent. Yeah. What's the best accent you can do? Can you do accents? Oh, I can do a ton of accents. Can, like what's your no what's i just your, did one oh, did you not hear it oh what yeah that sounded like like french canadian nick <laughs> so it's mostly in the arms that i do the accents right so i'm doing more an homage to different countries when i move my arms around right like who am i right now i did get that um i think you're still nick no, no, no. I mean, what country am I representing with my hand motions? Oh, um, that looks like India to me. Yeah. yeah. I was doing Indian. Yeah, awesome. I find that it's less <laughs> offensive when you just do the hand motions and not try to imitate the uh, actual country or peoples. Oh, man. Yeah. I think uh, depending on... Do you think... Wait, hold on. My brain just fired off in a totally different direction. Do you think... There are accents or like regional differences in sign language. Oh, possibly. Can you have an accent in, in sign, sign language? language? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I think I think the answer is yes to that too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think people do things a little bit differently. Yeah. And yeah. Huh. Yeah. That was a, that's a cool okay. question. That's a cool concept. So maybe Simon <laughs> Time can figure that out. Uh-huh. Um, just so you know, Simon Time Trivia you can hear his podcast on pftmedia.com. You can go to Simon Time Trivia, facebook.com slash Simon Time Trivia. He does trivia seven nights a week. I bet he knows everything. Out and about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty amazing. Cat, uh, we're almost done. I'm sad. Yeah, this was me so too. fun. There's I don't so wanna... many other things that I want to ask you about, so we'll have to have you back on. We can go rapid uh, fire real quick if they're okay. be like... Hats, yes or no? Yes. Question marks. What about them? <laughs> yes. You said rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, I know. You want to do lightning round? Yeah, We're doing no. lightning okay, round. lightning round. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> Kat, when can we catch you out there? When, uh, besides going to catridgeway.com, following you yeah. on the 
uh, social medias to see where you're playing. What else do you have coming up? Uh, coming up, about? yeah, pretty excited. Um, this coming week on Black Friday, the band and I are going to be playing at Folk Yeah over at Will's Pub. Oh, um, yeah, that looks like an amazing lineup. That is going to be awesome. Mike Dunn is a local hero. He has put so much time and energy into building that festival over the last few years and it's awesome the front man from the lone bellow is actually going to be headlining that mm -hmm. night in um in will's pub so that's going to be really fun um following that i have um two solo shows that are coming up that i'm very excited about so i'm going to be over at 30a songwriters festival again this january that's going to be over in destin florida so up in the panhandle. Yeah. Yep. And um, oh my gosh, the, the headliners of this festival are Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, um, which like what? Um, John Prine, Don McLean, um, the Indigo Girls. It's it's ridiculous. It's, I'm a, it's super, a pretty amazing festival. Yeah. I, yeah, I am. I feel so lucky to be like in company like that. It's ridiculous. Um, so that's coming up. Uh, mid-January, I believe it starts the 17th and runs through that whole weekend. Um, and then February 13th, I'm going to be opening up for Sean Mullins over at the Attics. He's the guy that sings, everything's yeah. going to be all right. Yeah. Rock yeah. So that's going to be over in Ybor City at the Attic. Nice. Um, yeah. So got some really cool stuff coming up and, and hopefully just more. Yeah. And potentially your new EP will be out. Right. At yeah. That point. We're working on getting a, a release show kind of sort of planned. So stay tuned on that one. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I just wanted to give one shout out to another uh, musician here in town, Mark with a C. Yes. He's doing his free uh, holiday show at Will's Pub on Monday night. Um, this is a big, meaningful one to him. So if you can get out there, that would be wonderful because it's his 20th anniversary of making music. Wow. So he's got a book coming out. He's got a three uh, CD set of songs like Best Of. and uh, That is so awesome. Yeah. So And his shows are just so much fun. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah, he has been around and like so prevalent in the scene. Like he's an Orlando staple since before I even started making music. So oh, yeah. that is super cool. I would really love to be able to make that. Yep. So that is Monday night at Will's Pub. Let's leave it with a little Tegan and Sarah. Yeah. That girl. That girl. That's you. You know, <laughs> I just winked, but it's radio. Yeah, no one so can see that. So let's shake hands because that okay. also doesn't come through. Yeah, it okay, doesn't very translate nice. very well. Okay. Very nice. <laughs> People have asked me, do you really shake hands? I'm like, yeah, I really do. We, we definitely did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tegan and Sarah from Love You to Death. This is That Girl on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree. Thanks, Kat. Thank you. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to a certain degree. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends about how awesome this episode was. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe. Also check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. Just a reminder that this episode and every episode is recorded live on WPRK 91.5 FM. You can listen every Monday at 7 a.m. on your radio or streaming on the internet. That's when shows are at their peak freshness. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little talks. <laughs>